Fishing Again. I'm your host, Brian Willie, along with my co-host, John Kessler. Episode 44 features the head coach of Elk River High School, Steve Hamilton. Coach shares his journey from coaching high school football in Michigan and Georgia to turning around Elk River into one of Minnesota's elite programs. We also discuss Elk River's dominant power T offense and learn its techniques, schematics, and practice structure for implementing and teaching the offense at any level. Don't forget to check out our website at igfootballcoach.com for all our blog posts and podcast episodes. Also, it'd be much appreciated if you could leave us a review on iTunes to help grow our program and share a message with a larger community. This episode of Intentionally Grounded is brought to you by GoRoute. GoRoute brings practice efficiency into the 21st century with on-field digital risk coaches. Trusted at practices by more than 350 high schools and 30-plus FBS and FCS teams, GoRoute allows coaches to instantly send scout cards and installs to players so they can stay up-tempo all practice without the need for binders or managing multiple huddles. Compatible with all major play-drawing systems and hand-drawn cards, GoRoute teams routinely double or triple their practice reps daily. If you value practice time and want the best preparation, then you need to go no scout cards with GoRoute. Learn more at www.goroute.com, that is G-O-R-O-U-T.com, or by emailing at sales at goroute.com. Or you can call the phone number at 866-777-1448. Episode 19 of Season 2 of Intentionally Grounded with Coach Steve Hamilton starts now. Introduce yourself to our audience and share with us why you got into coaching. Um, well, my name is Steve Hamilton. I, I, I got into coaching really because, um, well, I guess to go back, I got into sports. Uh, it was really, it was my outlet as a kid. I unfortunately grew up in a household of, of alcoholism and it was kind of crazy at home. And as I always tell my students, the, the couple of hours after school when I was at practice, you know, everything kind of made sense. So, um, I, I was grateful to have coaches that, um, you know, certainly didn't judge me by the actions of, of my dad. And, and, you know, I kind of remember that. So to me, coaching is really about giving these kids the same opportunities that I had and, and knowing that there's some people going through difficult times and maybe we can, we can help them out a little bit. Coach, you've spent time working at various high schools in Michigan and Georgia before uh, coming to Elk River. Uh, compare what coaching is like in Minnesota to those other two states, and what was the biggest difference coming from Michigan and Georgia compared to here? But, yeah, I guess a little bit more in the background. So I was a head coach in Michigan for, I don't know, like nine years or something. I grew up in Michigan, and we took a job in Georgia because my wife and I, I, we didn't have any kids at the time, and you know I just happened to take a shot and get lucky enough to get a job down there. And, and I was there four years and now just finished eight years at Elk River. And I would say Michigan and Minnesota are very similar um, in terms of, you know, the athletes and, you know, I think football, I think has, is, it's important, but it's not more important than education. Whereas I think maybe in Georgia, it can be a little skewed the other way. I think the biggest difference in terms of coaching in Georgia and Michigan and, and Minnesota is just, Everyone's got athletes. I remember college coaches coming in and saying they could go to any small school in South Georgia and they can find three or four Division One kids. And you may play somebody that's 0-9, but they're probably going to have at least one D1 kid on their team. So there's just a lot more speed down there. I think the coaching here is every bit as good, if not better, than any, everywhere else I've been. Um, but obviously, you know, in the South, when kids can run 
all year long outside and you get spring ball and it's just a, probably a different speed of the game, but other than that, everything's pretty much the same. Now, Coach, prior to your arrival at Elk River, uh, the program had been had been struggling a little bit, and uh, they're coming off of a you know a difficult hazing scandal that would have scared away many coaches from you know applying for the job, but it didn't scare you away. So you know, tell us a little bit more about what attracted you to the Elk River job. I didn't even know about it. One, I actually. Uh, accepted the job, and one of my former coaches, who's now a head coach in Michigan, said, hey, did you hear about this? So I looked it up, and I asked about it. But it really, I mean, it, it wasn't a factor for me at all. And I was fortunate enough to have a couple opportunities at jobs up here. And I just, to me, that struggle, not necessarily the hazing, but the struggle they had on the field and losing 16 games in a row and, and struggling to score – I thought it was a really good opportunity to walk in because, as I told people, I thought, you know, if we could come in and, and get a first down, people are going to be excited. They've only scored something like 60 points the entire year year before. So um, I, I felt it was a buy-in. Elk River, to me, is also similar to, you know, I grew up in Escanaba, which is up in the UP, um, kind of a blue-collar town, hardworking kids. And, and to me, that was kind of the formula for we could be successful with what we're going to do uh, with these type of kids. Coach, let's dive into the X's and O's here a little bit. You you run the Power T offense, um, and that has garnered you some great success year in and year out at Elk River. Uh, what was your rationale for running the offense, which prior to your arrival and, and success at Elk River had faded away in much of the state of Minnesota? Well, it, it really started back in Michigan. We were 21 years ago when I was first the head coach. We uh, we put in spread. Uh, my assistant I had was Jack DeBauer, who was head coach at Ely Community College, and he was running a spread, and he came over to Michigan for retirement years. And and so we put it in, and there was nobody spread, and it was great. We were different than everybody. But my second job, we were by Detroit, and, and suddenly we were playing some Detroit schools, and our quarterbacks were getting killed. And I just needed something to equalize the field, the playing field. We just didn't have the same athletes. So I saw this at uh, John Shilato, who was – you know, the guru had scored 775 points the year I saw it. And and uh, it just kind of ends up, I eventually got close with John and, and, and kind of morphed to this in Michigan. And then and in Georgia, it's all we did. And that's all we've done here for eight years. And it's just probably 15 years now, this is what I've run. And this is what, you know, I really, really feel comfortable in what I know. And I just think in terms of an offense, it's the most unselfish offense everybody's important. We, we tell everybody on every play, they're the most important player. You can't take a player off. You're going to be unselfish. You're going to be disciplined. And, and I think if you do that in high school football, um, you're going to have a chance. And anytime you can run the ball, you're going to have a chance. Uh, Coach, you did touch on a little bit there. You know, your ground game has been built around a very powerful running game that is predicated on deception and execution of, you know, core running plays such as trap and power and sweep. When installing this offense to maybe somebody who's never installed it before, what core play do you install first, and what are some of the teaching points you use to make it so successful? Well, really, um, the off-tackle, really everything is based off of being good off-tackle. Um, trap is kind of our home run play, and, and we've developed a lot. I think somewhere around 10 variations on trap and, and 17 variations on off-tackle. Just we, we feel we have to have answers to different looks, but – if we're good at off tackle and we know that we can get our four yards and the defense knows we can get four yards, it really forces them to have to make an adjustment to try to stop that. And then for us, it opens up either inside with the trap or the keep with the quarterback outside. 
And so we always tell that all the schools that come in and meet with us and we talk to be a great off tackle team first, and it's going to open everything else up. Coach, we, every one of us knows, and, and our listeners know too, you have to be really good up front to run this kind of offense. Um, how do you teach your linemen how to execute the run scheme when there really isn't a lot of room to operate? And like you said, you're going to see a lot of different looks and probably almost always an eight-man box, if not a nine-man box on occasion. So, so how do you start with everything up front? First of all, I wish we'd see an eight-man box. Um, we're probably seeing the 10 man box most of the time. <laughs> uh, for us, it's, you know, and this sounds, I don't know. I, I mean, we're a, a shoulder blocking team, but we don't do shoulder skills like traditional wing T. We don't, we got really good when we just kind of bought into the fact and can go back to coach Shiloto and talking to him. We just turn our kids loose. So we start with play as fast as you can possibly play. And then we work on now play at a low level, and we, we bring that pad level down as low as they can play too. But for us, it's about speed. If you can't be fast, then there's no place for you uh, on the line for us. So more than size, more than anything else, uh, we just turn them loose. And so I always tell people, just, we just don't get bogged down in the details of we're going to take a six-inch step here, we're going to take this step here. We don't want our kids thinking. We just want our kids to be athletes. And so – we try to get off the ball. We try to sprint off the ball every single play. It's why we're a horrendous pass-blocking team um, because we just don't ever practice it. Our kids come forward. They've got all their weight forward, and they're, they're going to go fast. And we just feel if we get at them fast, you know, the defense is going to have a tough time getting to where they need to get to. Coach, you mentioned something, you know, from a prior question when you talked about how you have so many different variations of those core run plays that um, your run game is built around. And when you talk about those variations, are we talking, like, you have variations in terms of your backfield action, or are you talking more a little bit in terms of schematics up front that make those different plays different? Really, it's a combination. Most of it's up front, but some of it can be full flow with the fullback going to you or, or a counter action in the backfield. But, you know, if you look at our base off tackle play, we're going to have our halfback take on the DN. Well, if we can't handle him, we can't just say we can't run off tackle. So what are our variations? Our tight end might block him. A place I tackle my block and my guard might block them. So we have to have different variations on how we're going to attack because we see some really good defenses that, you know, they're coached so well, we've got to have answers. It's one thing I always preach to our coaches. We have to be one with answers. The kids can't come off the field and we say, well, I don't know what to do. We have to be the experts out there and then give them the tools to be successful. And, and when we've gotten really good, our, our kids have done nothing else for eight years. So, you know, they're, they're kind of experts themselves and they come up with the answers on their own. And coach to kind of go along with that as well. You know, when you look at the personnel that your team comes with, you know, is there a certain type of skill set you're looking for, for your backs and maybe a certain type of skill set you're looking for, uh, maybe from your tight end position or possibly your quarterbacks? Uh, well, really everywhere. I mean, the, the one spot that we could be big and, and maybe not so fast is that center. Uh, we only ask him to get a 16 inches, but you know, everybody else, we need to be athletes at guard, obviously. We really want to have athletes at tackle. And, and tight end to us is the one guy who, if you know they want to play really hands-on at tight end, we need to have a really good guy who can take a one-on-one, -on -one, take their best player, and win that battle. So, for instance, a couple of years ago when we had Rodney Audet, who got you know, SEC and Pac-12 offers, he's 300 pounds, he was playing tight end for us because we knew that Rodney could win the one-on-one -on -one battle. So, Tight end is really a key position for us. And when we struggle there, uh, you know, our edge game is, is 
can be pretty weak, actually, and that, that takes everything away from us. Um, fullback is kind of our home run hitter. Doesn't have to block nearly as much, but hopefully the guy who can take it to the house. And our halfbacks are your traditional fullbacks in the eye. They're, they're the hard-nosed, hard-nosed blockers, get us four yards, uh, square your shoulders, finish every run going forward. And, and quarterback, obviously for us, we're looking for a playmaker, and, you know, if he can throw, that's a bonus for us. So he can play with his feet. will be pretty good. How are you able to get your backs to be disciplined enough to carry out such realistic fakes when a lot of times they're not even getting the ball? And then in addition to that, are there any drills or practice structures you use to help promote and teach this behavior? Yeah, we um, – it's the, the two things we tell our backs is if you're going to block and you're going to fake. If you're not going to do those two things, you won't play. Uh, everybody wants the ball in their hands. Everybody gives a great effort when the ball's in their hands, but we need it all the time. It goes back to that, you know, we have to be unselfish. All 11 of us are important. And a good fake is going to block more than a block. And, you know, you get three or four guys chasing the fake. Um, you've done more than we could do if you just went and blocked one guy. And it's pretty simple for us. Um, you know, we stack our arms. We tell them to – to, you should look foolish. You should such high energy, draw attention. That's the whole idea. I want your mom screaming that she thinks you got the ball. And then in practice, they have to go 20 yards in every fake. And if they don't, then they have to go 40. And if they don't, they have to go 80. And I have to do that one time. And then the guys kind of get the idea that this is important and we're going to carry out our fakes. Coach, if Brian and I, we're, we're spread guys in southern Minnesota here. If we were to come to you and say, you know, teach us how to run the power T. What advice and tips would you give us uh, first and foremost when we walked into your office? Well, I think it starts with kind of what we've already touched on for us. Um, let's not overcoach our kids. Let's turn loose. Let's let them be athletes. We're going to play fast. Um, we're going to stress that you have to be unselfish. You know, like when I was spread, and I, you know, I get it. There's some plays when you just run something quick to the right side, a receiver slid on the left as doesn't have to do a whole lot. And I see a lot of teams where they don't, they don't do a whole lot and we can't take a playoff. So you're going to be totally unselfish. You're going to give us your best every play. And that's what you got to expect. Cause they always, you know, when I talk to coaches, they say, well, how do you get your line to play that way? It's, it's just kind of the expectation. You have to play fast every single play or you can't play. And to me, it's, I think sometimes as coach, it goes back to that saying, you know, Football is a simple game made complicated by stupid men. Sometimes we overcomplicate things and, and we get our kids thinking. And let's just go play fast. Let them have fun and turn them loose. And no matter what offense you do, I think if you, if you kind of go that philosophy and let kids start to just play fast, you're going to be successful. Now that you've helped turn around and establish Elk River as a successful program in the state of Minnesota, what have been some of the new challenges that you've had to face that you may have not had to deal with when you were still in the process of turning Elk River around? Well, I think anytime your expectations change like that, like I said, our first year, I mean, everybody's excited. You get first downs, you win some games, and, and everybody's happy and everybody's supportive. And certainly once the expectations are that you're going to do that all the time, it changes things because you can't do that all the time. And you're not always going to win. You're not always going to be successful. And so, You've got to deal with that. And I think the other thing that sets in with players is is kind of an, some complacency and a little entitlement. Like they just expect that, hey, we're going to be at U.S. Bank Stadium. And you try to tell them, this is fortunate. This is difficult. You know, 
to get there three years in a row is not easy. And, and to think you're just going to walk out there and do it a fourth year without putting it in the work, it's not going to happen. Now, Coach, our last question as we as we wrap up the podcast has really nothing to do um, with coaching or football or anything. Um, but if you had a walk-up song as a professional baseball player or a professional WWE wrestler, what would it be and why? It's probably a little outside the box, but yeah, it would be Carmina Burana. And um, <laughs> it's such... You know, when you hear that song, to me, really the only time I associate it are, are big, you know, mo- moments in movies or in sports. And it's such an intense song, such an intense build-up. And I just envision that plane, the crowd going nuts, and then I go up there and swing and miss three times and sit down. But it is, <laughs> it is a, a really intense song. And I don't even know what they could be talking about picking flowers for all I know. But it is, um, to me, it's a song that, that works. And of course, if I was doing a team one, it certainly do enter Sam in and try to make it like Virginia Tech as much as I could. 